Hey guys, welcome to Heart to Talk the Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Caesar, and you are tuned into episode 24. Those people who develop the ability to continuously acquire new and better forms of knowledge that they can apply to their work and to their lives will be the movers and shakers in our society for the indefinite future. Brian Tracy. Speaking of movers and shakers of society, today's guest, Sean Crescent, is a prime example of one of those people who are out there continuously learning, wanting to improve their craft and impact the world. Even though he coaches others, he actually takes the time and invests in himself. He wants to up-level his game. Sean has over 25 years of coaching experience. He has an extensive base of health and wellness knowledge, which he applies to a holistic approach to the overall being by teaching people his metaphysical wellness system. Recently, Sean graduated as a Tad James NLP practitioner. We're going to talk about a little bit what NLP means. Sean's passion for all things health and wellness has resulted in a diversified career that has literally helped thousands of people through his personal training, coaching, even massage therapy, Reiki, corporate wellness, natural bodybuilding, and sport supplementation. Sean is also a published writer with over 35 articles to date. In his passion for consciously parenting, he holistically helps fractured families reconnect. I bring to you my conversation with the metaphysical and holistic wellness coach. I've been very fortunate to help thousands of people over my career in different ways, fitness-wise and massage-wise, healing-wise, which has been really a blessing for me along my path. And then over those years, what I've been able to do is, is really get together a system that I call the metaphysical wellness system that's enabled me to take clients through a, a progression of or a transcendence, if you like, of health and wellness. There's five different pillars. So obviously pillar number one being the mindset, pillar number two being emotional, so getting into your emotions, so mindset, emotion, then we've got our lifestyle. Uh, movement is the fourth one being you know exercise as well and then the fifth pillar is restoration so not just restoration as in your physical but also you know spiritually as well and nourishing your, your soul and all that so I find those are the five pillars that I move through and it's something that they're all synergistic as well so it's something that they all need to be working in um, synergy with each other to get that ultimate or optimum uh, health and wellness. Yeah. Mm. It sounds like it's so transformative and life-changing what you do. And so yeah. what inspired you to take this path? Yeah, metaphysical has always been the, the draw card for me. You know, for a long time, it was mainly the fitness realm, personal training and getting people healthy and body transformations, bodybuilding career as well. So I dabbled in that, but I guess I was always what I always would call myself an intuitive trainer. So when I was training someone, I was mm. kind of I was reading their body and I would look at someone's body and I could know what types of exercises or how they would respond. So that enabled me to be a, a really good trainer because I would that 
visual sort of aesthetic approach to training it worked really well and then that led me to obviously massage therapy and then Reiki was probably the biggest sort of catalyst in the the start of my metaphysical sort of um yeah fascination is probably the best word uh for it yeah yeah, so it complemented my personal training quite well. You know, clients used to joke, you know, I'd smash them in the sessions and so then I'd have to fix them with the massage. Everyone wants an intuitive trainer that can do all of that. Can you define what Reiki what Reiki is? Reiki for is, those who don't might not know. Yeah. And then Reiki is it, it's a universal life force. So what it is, it's a it's a Japanese healing art. Dr. Yasui was a, a monk, a Japanese monk, and he went and meditated on some hill for like I think it was 21 days or something like that. I can't quite remember. I haven't told that story for a while. But anyway, he came up with all these different insights and symbols and all these sort of different methods of energy healing. So basically everyone's got universal life force, anything that's living, you know, whether it's plants or animals or obviously any being as such has has a life force. And it's based on vibrational philosophies as well. So Reiki actually can travel distance you can do distance healing and it's a bit like radio frequency and it kind of the way I think of it is when you drop a um, pebble in the water and it creates those ripples so it actually gets bigger stronger the further it goes out into into the world so Reiki is it's metaphysical all the way so it's tying in your emotions with your physical body and it's very uh, powerful I have used it on myself I've used it on many clients um, over the years animals love it as well and it's basically unconditional love is what it is. You're getting into a space mm. where you just, it, it doesn't, it's not my energy. So when you put your hands on, it comes through obviously the, the um, centre of your palm there. And when you put your hands on to anything that's living, but I mean, even plants will, will get it as well, that your uh, crown chakra will open up and then your the universal life force is, is flowing through you. So you're not using your own energy there's some therapists that can, they feel other people's pains and stuff like that. And I was always a bit wary of that. I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to take on. Yeah, you know, take on. I got enough I was, of my own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So some therapists will go, oh, I can feel pain in my elbow. That must be their elbow. Whereas I was more, again, intuitive. I would just feel it. My hands would kind of just go to where they need to. And then I incorporated a lot of uh, trigger point therapy as well. So you'd clear out the meridians, which are the, the uh, energy channels of the body, like acupuncture, so I do acupressure, and that that combination was really powerful. So I could get rid of a lot of people's um, pain without actually having to know what the cause was necessarily. I got really good at sciatica pain and, and neck pain over my years. So I'm actually looking this year going into Reiki Master for some reason. I've never Ooh. never done that. Yeah. So I'm a new one called. Um, so I'm going to look into that and I feel like I'm ready to kind of go to that next uh, level. I love that you're always leveling up. So yeah. with Reiki, would you recommend it for people that have like chronic pain? Do you 100%. think like Yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah, it's very passive. You can do it like auric, so you can do it in someone's aura. You don't have to put your hands onto them. But for me, it is more of an emotional-based healing art. So if there's an emotional blockage, it can bring that up for a while there I would be able to kind of not manipulate I wouldn't want to use that word but you could move the energy around a little bit you can pull uh, emotions up to the surface and you know make people people deal with them anybody that's yeah suffering from a chronic pain would would benefit immensely it's just yeah it's very uh, powerful and if you if you combine it with crystals it amplifies the 
the I guess the not the power but just the source becomes even stronger as well. I've never done Reiki. Yes. I think it would be really good. So some good mm. self-care oh, yeah. um, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's very calming. I've never really been into meditation, but that's when I was giving, uh, doing a lot of Reiki, that was like meditation for me. You just kind of sink yeah. into it. But you've got to be aware, I'm not sure on your theories, but you're either a giver or, or a taker in life. And so if you gave Reiki to a fellow giver, it was a nice experience, but giving Reiki to a taker, they can become a little bit draining, bit of a... Oh, I could imagine that. ...vampire, as they say. So um, I probably wasn't aware of that enough in my early career. I was just, you know, giving it out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and you're like, I'm so tired, I'm drained. Yeah, yeah, you've got to be careful who you you give it to in that sense. But for self-care, it's it's magic, yep. I've always heard of Reiki, but it's good to get like this definition and see yeah. the power in it. So yeah. I'm going to add that to my, my list. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so I'm so excited to learn about your newest accolade. Ah. <laughs> you just have that. Yes. You're like yeah. a, officially an NLP practitioner. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. us what that yeah. is? Because a lot yeah. of people don't know about it. It is yeah. fascinating. It is, and it's a long time coming, so neuro-linguistic programming. So the funny uh, story with, with that one is when I first did my Reiki 20 years ago and I moved sta- moved states, actually, I remember talking to the company, the Tad James company, they're the original company, and I remember specifically having a phone call with a salesperson, you know, trying to get me to obviously enroll in the course. And at the time I didn't follow through for whatever reason. I didn't have time. Maybe it was the funds, I'm not sure. But I know that my hierarchy of of realms being spiritual, mental, emotional and physical, that's your metaphysical realms, I had them around the other way. Because of Reiki, I had emotional up higher. So I had spiritual, emotional, mental. So I'm thinking that I was like, oh, no, I don't really need this. I've kind of gone past that, not realising the power of the unconscious mind. So I think I, I said, no, I'll pass on that for now and then, I recently, in the last six months, did some very heavy inner work with a coach or two coaches, and they they used a lot of NLP techniques, and it really had a, a profound effect on me, and definitely timeline therapy, which I've now learned to do myself. So that <laughs> therapy is it's, it's amazing. So neuro neuro linguistic programming is basically you know the language that you use in your internal dialogue so you, your unconscious mind is listening 24 7 to whatever you're saying whether it being positive or negative it it takes that knowledge uh well, sorry it takes those facts uh, as truth whether they are or not so if you're telling yourself i'm hopeless and i'm unworthy and your unconscious mind goes okay cool that's that's what that's what we're doing that's that's, that's truth yeah <laughs> truth it doesn't know it can't differentiate mind-blowing the power of the unconscious mind and what you can actually achieve through different techniques. So having done timeline therapy myself, and that's basically you've got to do, I guess, a personal history and you're finding out where you've had emotional blockages or trauma in your life, and they're usually in childhood or way back. Some of the work I did went back to birth, you know, I had a very traumatic birth. So you're carrying around, even in gestation, you know, you can carry around trauma as well. If your mum, my mum was very anxious during her pregnancy, Um, so... You, you can take on those emotions as well, yeah. So it was really powerful to kind of take it back to that space and that with the unconscious mind, everything's about uh, pictures. We all have 
if we think of something, it's generally a picture that comes into our mind that reminds us of a, a, a previous memory, and that's what we we base emotions on. So timeline therapy is about identifying any of the major negative emotions like uh, fear and, and sadness and guilt and anger, and you go back in your timeline as such, being your recollection of memories, to find out where that first negative block occurred and then you what association you made with that so you basically a timeline the best way to describe that it's pretty powerful where it whenever you think of the past or the future your mind will sort of go in a certain direction for me it was always even before I did timeline it was always my past is to the left and my future is to the right so whenever I'm old setting or I'm thinking about things that's where my mind unconscious mind goes other people it might be to the front and behind or above mm. and below, you know, it's wherever your mind takes you when you think of, you shut your eyes and you think of the future or you think of the past. So that's your timeline and then you can actually, through visualisation, go up above your timeline. So you're floating up above it and then you can go back or go forward along that timeline and you allow your unconscious mind to remind you of these blockages. That's its job is to remind you of these blockages. So, yeah, you go back and you identify those and there's techniques that you're using to kind of, it's it's like instant clearing. It is very, very powerful. Wow. It, it is instant clearing and I experienced it myself, so it was great to go through that process before becoming a practitioner. Um, and what I was astounded with when we did the techniques in the training, I was a little bit apprehensive, I have to admit, because I was like, hey, I've kind of done my work. I don't want to mess my mojo up. You know, I'm feeling yeah. really good. And so I thought, all right, I'll go through it. There might be something still there. And I went up and, and I was trying to go back into these memories, but there was just nothing there. And I was astounded. I was like, and I really, I had sore eyes trying to send myself back there, you know, but wow. there was nothing there. There was, I really had dealt with those emotional um, blockages and the you, you, you're feeling that that emotion again but you you move further back so that you release it and it does it does actually release instantly if you do it correctly then you can go forward and set smart goals into your timeline so you can create goals into your future that your unconscious mind then pulls you towards Um, so I thought I was good at goal setting until I discovered timeline therapy goal setting it's crazy what you can do so yeah I love that it was really cool. So then there was a little bit of focus on hypnosis as well. It's not what you think. It's, you know, hypnosis like you're under control or whatever. It's it's more of a trance yeah. you get into. And we did some work with a pendulum that you, you hold it off your, your finger and you just keep your arm very, very still and you actually talk to it and we were all watching it and the pendulum will move in certain directions according to what you're thinking. It was very, very powerful. So... There was a few instances where it was like, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work for me. Like I was a bit, yeah, a bit, a bit apprehensive. But there were a couple of breakthroughs that that I had personally that were quite powerful. And there was one, one technique called parts integration, where you, if you're in in a conflict about something, whether to yes or no, and you just can't make your mind up, and you're in constant mm-hmm. conflict, that's a parts integration, and you, you're asking your unconscious mind to give you a representation of um, what that may be. So it's very visual. There's a lot of visual work. But that technique, you keep asking and asking and asking and, like, it, it, 
it's quite crazy. Your hands are, are separated, but by the end they touch and you can't control it. It was very, very powerful. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I was a mess in that particular technique. I was bawling my eyes out. I was really trying oh to work on this particular conflict that I had that, funnily enough, someone that went up and did the, the demonstration had exactly the same conflict as what I had. And so I was sitting there and I was starting to get pretty emotional as it was. So, yeah, there were some techniques there that are very, very powerful for emotional blockages or any sort of like phobias or addictions or whatever. So, yeah, I'm very excited about doing the the master practitioner. That's another level up again and a diploma of hypnotherapy. So, yeah, kind of felt like come home. Yeah, I'd highly recommend that to to anybody as a, you know, modality and that's what I'd love to give someone an an opportunity, you know, from, from our chat today to to have that opportunity to go through a, a timeline therapy and work through some some negative uh, emotional blockages. We would love that. Yeah. So stay yeah. tuned for an offer. We're going to post. Yeah. I, I think that's the greatest gift you can give to yourself mm. is like investing in yourself. Oh, definitely. Have you started company? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, the, the first pillar, obviously, of the metaph- metaphysical wellness is now complete mm. mindset. So that was the final piece, I guess, of that that puzzle for me I had everything else covered off on but mindset this is a whole new uh whole new level and so once you've you've cleared out those those blockages or those conflicts well then everything else in in your life is going to be um fast-tracked because you haven't got that holding you back you know and if you've got that unconscious mind working for you it's, it's very powerful you know so once you clear that out, then everything will just flow a lot better. Mm. Is there anything about like your mission that you want to you know, share with us? Yeah, it's a great question because I guess I, w- I was in conflict for a long time about what my purpose was. You know, yeah, I was a personal trainer, you know, for 20, what is it now, 25 years, which I still do. I still love training people. I do it every morning. But it wasn't deep enough. I've always realized that I wanted to be deeper with what I've done. I've done a lot, a lot of sales work as well. So I've done a lot of commercial sales in the fitness industry and, and, you know, other industries related to that. So that isn't really soul satisfying, you know, being always sales. I really do want to be more of an educator and a, and a, a, um, a coach in that, that realm. But I guess it was just getting all those pieces of the puzzle together. There's plenty of life experience. But I feel that in the last, yeah, probably six to eight months, that's where it's really sort of become more profound as to what I want to do. And the biggest shift was recently when I started to look at emotionally reconnecting parents with their children. That was really the catalyst. Yeah. Wow. So you tell me, tell us about that. So your mission is to reconnect mums and dads with their children, right? Their children, their stepchildren, whatever the the case may be. So that's more Mm -hmm. conscious, um, consciously connected parenting. So it's it's kind of one of those things where I was it just like came to me. I guess I was driving one day. I think I was going to pick up my daughters actually, and. And then I said, to him, what do you think, you know, do you think I'd be good at that? You know, do you think that's something that, yeah. that I could do? And they were like, yeah, for sure, Dad. Like that's not out of um, character for you. Or it's not like, oh, here's another another idea of Dad's that he's going to, you know, have a go at it. Yeah. That's at least something <laughs> yeah. that, that fits. So that to me, uh, the metaphysical wellness system, it goes in conjunction with the parenting coaching as well. So it's kind of. You need all that working as well within yourself to actually be a, a better parent, 
So they yeah. really, really complement each other. But there's a lot of fractured families, you know, out there that need that need help. They get passionate about that. So really, sort of helping. Um, it's more for the the children to have that in experience love, and I think it's important to um, to be able to to provide that for you, your children. But sometimes you don't, and it's certainly been times I've, I've I try my best, but we we all have. Those times when we're not the yeah. best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying we're that. Human. Right. <laughs> I always say we don't come with like a manual and I'm not, no, you know, parents right. aren't per- we're not perfect. That's but right. But I think it's owning that and letting our children yeah. know, right? Yeah. Humanizing it. Because otherwise, if we put on this mask that we're so perfect, they get out into the world. Well, I have to hide it too. I'm not perfect either. Yeah, exactly. I don't, so- yeah. So I totally agree. And I think it's needed out there. And from my research, you know, there's people out there doing that, but I don't think there's many men or fathers doing that. You know, there's now men helping men, which is awesome. Is there anything before I ask you that the last ending questions that you want to say? No. I want to make sure. I appreciate the, the opportunity to um, to have a chat to you today. The honor's mine. I'm so grateful to be connected and to share you with the world, give people this awareness about yes. all that you do, the whole metaphysical wellness and mm. movement restoration to your yeah. connecting moms and dads yeah. um, to their children. I mean, those are so important, yeah. essential. So yeah. So, okay. My first question I wanted to ask you, what mm. is the biggest lesson you've learned so far in life? I think the biggest lesson it's a great question, which I've been thinking about. And I think that, you know, the biggest sort of transformation that I've had was probably in the last like six months, you know, like I so caught that. you at the right time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I had, had blockages there myself. I had bad habits. I wasn't really in my, my you know, zone of genius, as, as they say. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing was always focusing on business and trying to get that going. But I, I didn't work on myself. I wasn't self-sabotaging constantly. So I finally shifted my focus and hired a coach that was actually going to work on me rather than business systems. And that's where I got the breakthrough. That's where she sort of really, you know, delved quite deep and used different techniques. And then the second coach kind of jumped on the back of that as well. She was fantastic. The first one was more spiritual. Second one was more NLP based. So I had like three different things all kind of converged together to get that breakthrough. So the biggest lesson really is to to work on yourself. As you said, you've got to address those things that are holding you back and and that are causing you to not uh, be your be your best. But you've got to be real. You've got to be authentic. You've got to have a, a cry. You've got to really have a good look at yourself and realize the things that are yeah that are, are holding you back. The things that you're good at, but then there are things that hold you back as well. And and being brave to to step into that. So vulnerable. Yeah, it does take courage. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. It's easy to mm-hmm. do. denial. Denial's a massive emotional blockage. So I think yeah, it's the word's used a lot, vulnerability, but I think it's it's important to to do that um, with the right people and coaches that you, you can trust. And then that that'll give you the biggest uh, rewards I find. That is so inspiring. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you for sharing. And so the second one, what's your favorite quote? Your conscious mind is the the goal setter, but your unconscious mind is the goal getter. So it was a really really good. That was from the, that was from Adriana James. She's like, she was amazing. She's like the wife of the original Tad James, who unfortunately passed just a couple of weeks ago. So I didn't get to meet him. You set goals with 
with your conscious mind, this is what I want to do, but you've got to program your unconscious mind to go and go and get it. Like you've got to be telling yourself that's what I want. And I did. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's powerful. I think it's a really good sort of awareness of how you can get to a, a goal. You know, it's not just affirmations. You've actually got to, you know, put in the work. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. All right, and my last one, what's your favourite book? Uh, favourite book for me, uh, you can see I've got a few there behind me, but the one that, that mm-hmm. like my Bible, other than one of my Reiki books, is the um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think. Ooh. It's you know, it, it should be something that's taught in school. It's that that powerful. He's just a very smart man and he um, lays it all out on how to be successful in life and, and dynamics. So proactivity is the first chapter and that, that alone changed my life when I read it 20 years ago. I just read that and I was like, right, I'm off. And off I went, yeah. you know. So being proactive as opposed to being reactive, which in NLP they call that cause and effect. So... You want, to, you want to be a cause. You want to be creating your reality, not reacting to other people's situations. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sean Cresson. Remember to hit subscribe, rate, and tell all your friends about Heart to Talk, the podcast. Also, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for updates about upcoming episodes. I'll be back 